Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. They should do it out here. They should do it, do it from out here in the remote... Yeah. Uh, Carpathian mm-hmm. Mountains. I'm telling you, it's beautiful. Be it's worried about that. Be careful about those bears because if they're, you know, I know the European, Eastern European mind. Americans like bears. We let <laughs> them eat 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 garbage. And no, they, no, no, no. There are so many bears out here. It's like they're, they're it's grizzlies. They're well, grizzly they're big. Bears. They're big. They're basically well, they're brown bears, but yeah, oh, they're yeah. they're not. They're definitely not. Um, they're not quite as big as you know, Grizz. Yeah. But they're not uh, Belu. They're not they're Belu. They're not they Belu. Have, <laughs> no, they there are only eight that, types of bear in the world, John. Yeah, they have that shoulder hump. You know, yeah, they do have brown. that. They're strong. They're strong. But uh, yeah, you know. and they're very curious. Yes. You can't. You can't fight one, Sensei. It's <laughs> 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 uh, karate moves. Yeah, All right. All right, guys. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog and he has this Tammany Hall style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago way, absolutely. The, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way, that's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand. With pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. As promised, my brother. Nicholas Cass, longtime former and retired now um, State Department official, intelligence community official, who spent decades serving the United States government and the people of the United States. Welcome to the Chicago Way, Nick. Hi, John. Hi, Jeff. How are you guys doing? Good, Nick. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. Good to be back. Yeah. How how are things uh, way out yonder, yonder rather? Well, I just got back to uh, the Bucharest area and I was uh, staying at our um, our company's hotel in uh, the formerly royal city of Sinaya, which is in the Carpathians. And uh, we're out, we're sitting in the lobby drinking whiskey and everybody's phone starts going off. And the next thing you know, there are bear alerts uh, coming across <laughs> everybody's phone. And in Romania, they don't just say we spotted a bear, you know, in the vicinity of the whatever you are, and please don't go outside. They put exclamation points on everything, so it's <laughs> like they're yelling at you. There's a bear out there, you know. Don't well, who's, who's responsible for the bear alerts? Fox, Fox News, and uh, the National Review, which seems to have tried to build both have tried to build up Nikki Haley. The, yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't see her out there. You think I mean, it's her, like manipulating the, you know, but, bear, uh, you know, Russian bear, be aware, you know, the, there are, oh. uh, I will say this, there are more bears per capita. I think there's like an extraordinary ton of bears out in the Romanian mountains and in the wilderness out here. So uh, what's wrong with unusual. them? Well, they, they take care of them. They, uh, 
you know, the EU had a rule about ancient forests or whatever it is, and the the creatures that dwelleth therein, and uh, I guess the bears uh, from all over Europe were being wiped out, decided that Romania is the place to be. So, uh, you know, so when you come on vacation, you come up, you go to the hotel, and, uh, you know, if you walk 100 yards over, you know, you might be in bear territory, so you got to be careful. I'm bringing, a, a- I'm bringing a shotgun with rifle, 12-gauge rifled slugs because – Nobody should be near a bear in the woods. I don't care. I mean, I it's actually, not a joke. I think you, actually, it's not the, well, I think actually the best thing would be to bring that toy monkey that you had as a kid with the, <laughs> with the two symbols, you know, the one that you wind up and it's like, eh, like that, that I've would never, work. You've never, we've never revealed that probably is the, <laughs> the oh. reason why I've been terrified all these years. All these know? years. Oh, right. wow. What do we get into here? I want to hear this story. Uh, just the sort of origin of many nightmares, I think. Is oh, good. no. My cousin Angela was a great, great kid, great person. She's older than me. She's an artist, and she was studying at the University of Chicago at the time when we lived in the in the, uh, the two-flat on uh, Peoria Street, 20, 55th in Peoria. And she had a, a monkey. It bangs symbols, a toy monkey, bangs symbols, and then would stop, and then it would scream. Oh, no. <laughs> like, like the tin drum, you know? Exactly. The tin drum of Gunder Grass. It's exactly what it was exactly like. What it was. And, and I, and I, I uh, was petrified to the point yeah. where I couldn't even breathe. Yeah. And that I was like three or four years old when they hit me, and I guess that scarred my life. That's why I'm I'm who I am today. But not only that, but being the big brother for Peter and me, you did your best to impart that fear to us as well. So yeah. So uh, if you were going to get scared, you weren't going. You weren't going to be going down alone. Wait, I'm I'm just looking at a a picture of a musical chimp. Oh, that's Uh, it. That's it. Is that? Did you find that, Jeff? I did. Oh my God! I'm here to see again. Oh yeah, that face. Oh my yeah. God! Oh, <laughs> and the eyes Bring pop it. out. Oh my Bring God! Bring it back. Bring oh. it back. Yeah, yeah oh, that, that that thing is definitely nightmare fuel for those at home. It's got you know, you've probably seen this, but it screams and its eyes protrude about like an inch and like stick out as it screams. That's like Google you. eyes, right? Yeah, it's right. terrifying. And it's right. got these big human ears. Like I don't understand yeah. that. That's <laughs> so weird. Yeah, they're they're tilted forward like he wants to listen to what you're saying. Yeah. Well that's that, that was the mascot of the Republican debate on foreign policy. <laughs> That's All right. Well, we 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 have established that the media loves wars, yeah. and which means they love Nikki Haley because she loves wars, and she's running. I guess I asked this of Tom Bevan last week: is isn't uh, Nikki Haley running for vice president of of uh, George Bush's uh, <laughs> administration? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it, doesn't it? I mean, it. I. Again, you know, it's like it reminds me of these people, congressmen and others who go, you know, hey, I've been to Iraq. No, you mm-hmm. didn't. You went to you went to Baghdad. You were in the green zone, you know, grazing at the, you know, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken or wherever the heck it was. You don't know anything about it, you know. So you have these people who are out there trying to bank on this, these foreign policy uh, expertise and credentials when it's clear that 
you know, she never, I don't think she's really thought that deeply about, about any of this stuff. I mean, how can you, you know, you, you say, okay, she said something like a victory for Russia is a victory for China. Okay. Right. Who put Russia and China in the box together? What, what possibly could it have been that might have contributed to precisely the kind of outcome that uh, presumably we wanted to avoid? Oh, could it have been the kind of thinking that exemplifies, uh, you know, is exemplified by Nikki Haley? I suspect so. So, you know, it's just, you know, these fake credentials and this idea of I was there, it just, it's really sad. And I think it's past time that people really started to listen and uh, carefully. Like, can we get a little personal when these yeah. politicians say I was there? Yeah. I was there. Like I was in the Middle East. I was, you know what really happened? They were yeah. there. And the, I'll tell the the listeners the secret. They were there and they mentioned to their aide that they needed to stop at the market and pick up yeah. some Turkish carpets. Yeah, that's right. So, so oh, the, yeah. the young oh, Nick Cass, young Nicholas Cass in his blazer and khaki pants and his navy blue blazer and rep tie, yeah. uh, had to go, yes, ma'am, and, and go to the <laughs> market. No, okay. I will say this. I will say this. That fortunately, I was very fortunate to have some really uh, top-quality ambassadors who – uh, shielded me from that kind of duty, but they did pass it out to other people. <laughs> so I was lucky that I got to focus on on other things, shall we say. So, uh, but yes, that happens a lot, and people get their carpets and they, you know, think that they're you know engaged in the issues. They don't know anything. They don't know where the country is on the map. It's just it's really sad. And then you hear these folks at the debate, and it wasn't just her; it was the others. I mean, most of the others right. spotting off about these things. And, you know, that song, um, and that song comes back to my mind, you know, something like, uh, and they don't think you know, but I know that you do. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you're whole talking, line. You're speaking yeah. of uh, real, the, the rich men north of Richmond. Right. Yes. And it was interesting because I know uh, uh, the guy who wrote that, uh, one Oliver Anthony, I guess that's his, uh, it's his uh, pen name. Yeah. He um, um, said uh, that, you know, the guys who he was thinking about were on the stage that night. And I remember that line that you wrote a couple of weeks ago in your column about, about it, about the tea party and how they, the Republicans put uh, herders out there to sort of like uh, co-opt and tame uh, the movement. And they were claiming to be supporting it. And what they were trying to do was neuter it. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, and I hear the Republicans talking about that now. It's just, you know, it's really kind of sad anyway, you know, it's just a weird, I think we're at this weird, um, yeah moment right now where it's you can expect that what you're hearing 99 percent of it is just absolute malakias so (laughs) i don't think i have to actually bleep that one Um, i don't think so (laughs) yeah it's interesting because we we, we talked about this in the past and this idea of you know elected officials and who we put in power matters because you know it trickles down and one of the things we've seen is that our you know our foreign policy has been just it's it's like whack-a-mole. I mean, it's yeah. you know, what's the important thing that we want to push on other people today? And that's what it is. It's the du jour, whether it's, you know, LGBT rights or it's uh, our political ways or, you know, quote unquote democracy on people who don't necessarily want democracy or aren't you know ready for democracy, whatever it is. And this is what we've reaped this now because our State Department's been a mess for years. When do you, I mean, you guys are obviously older than I am. When you were younger, did you even think about foreign diplomacy did ever touch your life i mean now i feel like i hear about it all the time 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's an interesting uh, question. To me, when I try to make sense of it, I think of it less in terms of what they're saying and what it is that they're mm-hmm. trying to represent. And I think it's basically, again, the establishment trying to use whatever trope they can to maintain uh, their control of the rice bowl. Uh, and um, whatever it takes uh, to do that, they'll do. And, you know, as you guys know, and John, you were kind enough to feature this, uh, you know, on your uh, uh, site. But, um, you know, I wrote a column mm-hmm. last year for uh, the American Conservative that John republished. And it was about um, the 1997 uh, coup in Turkey, where so many of the same uh, mechanisms were employed to oust the government there. And it just the parallel with the United States is is just absolutely uh, contemporary United States is absolutely nuts. And again, you just take whatever it, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what you say. Mm-hmm. It just matters if it works. So you you say you support democracy, and that uh, Putin is a thug. Okay, but then you support at the same time uh, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, right? Who yeah, right? You know, whatever. So I mean, the it's just. It's almost like, uh, again, I think that nobody's really fooled by any of this except for people who uh, want to be uh, so fooled in the United States. Everybody else kind of in the world knows well, what's Nick, going on. Not, we, Nick, we can't sp- spend the entire time talking about Nicole Wallace, okay? <laughs> yeah, my God. But, I mean, I, people I, like that who are, who are they fill up uh, the, the scatological tablespoon and then serve it to themselves, yeah. that's okay. You want yeah. to eat that? Go ahead, eat it, enjoy it. Go ahead, yeah, that's right. But you'll like it. But you're trying to feed it to me, and if I don't take it, Lawrence O'Donnell will call, pronounce me the wor- the world's worst human being. I think it's even getting worse, and it's fascinating because now of the they West. put me in prison. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're starting to see more and more in the uh, sort of um, so so called uh, advanced countries of the West resorting to this kind of government pressure against civilians who uh, say the wrong thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's certainly not democratic. And I think, again, it's, it's, um, you're seeing that reaction uh, develop everywhere because um, it's almost as if the narrative, shall we speak, or the apparatus or whatever it is, is starting to fall apart. People sort of understand that. So for example, in Romania here where I live, uh, you know, there's a uh, party called the Alliance of, um, uh, the Union of Romanians, which is a right-wing party, and it's uh, people are really worried about it, thinking that it might actually uh, win the elections. And of course, it got its kick. It got its start when uh, during COVID, and of course, uh, you know, people, yes, right. people, people attributed it all to "quote unquote" disinformation about COVID. Now yeah. it's this. Now it's disinformation about this or that. And the challenge, I mean, the problem is, you can rationalize that kind of thing any way you want. But if you don't address the underlying factors that give rise to it, then you're you're more than like likely to guarantee the acceleration of that phenomenon by the very way in which you talk about it. So it gives it it gives people a legitimacy in a way that uh, they might not otherwise had if they are seen as the um, the enemy of an establishment that appears to be corrupt and falling apart. And I would say, you know, what's happening in Washington is really indicative of that. I mean, I. I reposted my article on uh, on my LinkedIn site. So if you're if people are interested, they can always go look on LinkedIn or Nicholas S. Cass, and you can find it. I'll be happy to, you know, uh, hook up. But the how's um, that working out? LinkedIn thing. Do you it's good. People? I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it works out very well. I mean, it's a professional site, so you know, a lot of it, you know, it's, it's useful in business as well. So you're um, not, you're not. But like, I know, they're like, ahead, the, like some guy, like remember me? I was in the trench coat, and I met you in the alley. <laughs> in, in, uh, no, I get, I get, I get other things too. I get, oh, let's have a, you know, I, I am a, a purveyor of, uh, you know, symbol bashing monkeys. Would you, right. you know, that kind of thing? <laughs> right. Some of that, but, um, but uh, I, I, I want to get one of those. Yeah. yeah, I know. Definitely. Definitely. You got to put it back on the, the kids. <laughs> the only problem is you can't put it back on top of the TV because the TV's too narrow now. That's why, <laughs> I, that's why I hate TV. That's right. That's, what, that's where that's, my mom, mom, our, our mom, why am I saying my mom? That's our right. Mom, our mom put it because mm-hmm. it would scare me away from the TV. <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. Exactly. And every time there was a surge through the TV, that's probably what activated it. But um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so when I reposted it, on August 1st. And then since August 1st, there's what been two more indictments. I can't remember. I lost count. But the whole point of that before five now. Yeah. The point of that is, I mean, I don't care what people are, you know, saying these days about, Oh, the technicalities of the legal arguments. I think we're so far beyond that. It is, you know, clear. uh, I think I suspect to many people, even on the democratic side, that this is, uh, there's some, issue with that now they may be benefiting from it now but gosh you know what's going to happen in the future if this kind of can continues and i suspect it will and so i i fully expect that we're going to see uh payback um on the other side as well and that's probably the way it has to go now because it's like i'm you've talked sorry about before it's i like want to i yeah, want to see it yeah i want i want you know you think i'm going to meet you in a river like in the middle of the river with my arms open wide like in el Cid, like how the warring tribes met Oh, my yeah. brother, let's be friends. Let's roast some meat now. Okay. No, I want to see every Democrat above the rank of dog catcher to be tried and perhaps executed for their sins. I, that's well, how that's how angry I am now. But, well, what, but is, why? But, John, who are you? Who, who, I don't want them. I don't want people executed. I know. Yeah. No, I know that. But, but what's that's the thing I don't understand. Like, we, we've gotten to this point where the on both sides, and it's crazy, the animosity, the anger is just so at the tipping point. You provoke the bear to continue what, what, the metaphor. What's meta- the provocation? Metaphor. I don't understand. That's the thing I don't understand. I mean, and, and I'm trying okay. to understand it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't get it because I don't give a crap about it. I mean, someone says to me they're a Republican and they believe well, X, Y, and Z, and someone says they're a Democrat and they believe X, Y, and Z. I, the, I doesn't. I don't get mad. I don't care. You know, I, it's, it's great. I them. don't either. But I, I what, don't what's, either. that's the thing. I don't understand what in this moment, why we're all getting so worked up about everything. Well, everything has to be life or death well, argument. Let's for, ask the, let's ask well, the international. Yeah, yes, the man, you're right. You're right. I mean, I think what's happened is over the course of the last uh, century or so is that so much has become uh, invested in Washington and Washington decision-making in terms Bingo. of, uh, people's uh, fortunes and everything else. I mean, you think about mm-hmm. how many government regulations uh, emerged over the past half century. Many of them have been Chicago. And as John and I and our brother Peter uh, know all too well, that many of those um, regulations were a handy tool for people who may have had other um, uh, ideas in mind. And so they, they hammer you in line. Yes. And so they hammer you in line. And, and uh, we, you know, we know all about that. So, um, and I, and obviously it's magnified on the, on the, on the, uh, national stage. I think the biggest thing was, uh, Trump's, the biggest, I think the precursor, the uh, precipitator of this is not only the, the growing alienation of mm-hmm. 
you know, the the population from watching decision making and particularly in the 21st century where we were fighting these pointless wars and, yeah. uh, you know, some people benefited and everybody else was like, what the heck, what's going mm-hmm. on here? Why are, right? And then sure. when Trump came in, of course, the response, uh, the immediate, um, quote unquote, resistance, the emergence of the deep state as a way to combat him via, you know, slow rolling, direct lies, you know, all of the sort of hoaxes that we saw with respect to the investigations, uh, no uh, accountability for any of that, um, you know, impeachments, um, which I think were somewhat, um, you know, my argument would be that these were, I mean, obviously legal in process, but uh, extraordinarily foolish. And in, particularly in the case of the first one, had no basis of, in reality. Um, and then, of course, now the continued indictments of the president and the accusations in the meantime by the Current president of the United States that, you know, half of the country is, you know, on, you know, not only what it was, I can't remember what he said in that, uh, dark Brandon, Brandon the red speech, whatever it was. The bloody uh, speech. Yeah. The oh, bloody yeah. speech and all of that kind of stuff. And you see that echoed by elites all the time. And so I think the, the trouble is, and this is where I think this gets really kind of fascinating, but also interesting. Conservatives generally, small C or large C generally tend to see, um, uh, put a primacy on trying to preserve institutions because they think that, as Edmund Burke said, that, you know, we put our um, uh, confidence in uh, the uh, larger uh, group of society because we anticipate that the logic and the reason that any one particular individual can have is very small. Right. So we'd rather have a pool of that. And so institutions are necessary, this kind of thing. Um the guys who are arguing for the institutions and the and the pr- protection of the institutions, unfortunately, have no recourse other than to say we should just stop doing what we're doing and adhere to the to the um, you know the uh, original understanding of the institutions and how important these things were. But they've been so systematically uh, dismantled for for many many decades. I mean, as a you know, I went to law school and. You know, um, it, law school was really, really difficult in part because there didn't seem to be, like, for example, in constitutional law, there didn't seem to be any logic to some of the things we were reading and trying right. to accept as constitutional decisions because they were had no, literally no bearing uh, in the Constitution. And that was all because of people were talking about, you know, the Constitution as a living document, mm-hmm. which was basically just a just an uh, 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 excuse to do anything you wanted to do, right? right? In other words, in other words, to get away from the constraints that the institutions would put on you. So, you know, we've seen that in education. We've seen that in terms of the lack of civics being taught. People don't know anything that's going on. We've seen, you know, that uh, happening uh, on a, a variety of fronts. We've seen the corruption in Congress, you know, yeah. the complete focus on just trying to be reelected and reelected. Sure. Not really yeah. I mean, money in, money in politics is certainly. Right. And so the idea that in. we're just going to stop doing what we're doing, go back to the institutions increasingly uh, looks ludicrous. And so under conditions of political frontier warfare, uh, it is, you know, I think many more people are coming to the conclusion, unfortunately, that, you know, you have to have the tomahawks out in order to beat uh, back the attack of people with uh, tomahawks or knives or whatever, you know, yatans or whatever weapon is that you want to choose. Mm-hmm. And there's no the tomahawks that, are out now. Right. And, and that the, the time to uh, come back to, you know, the sort of, um, uh, you know, get, uh, get along situation that was embodied in the constitution will be after people realize what the pain is and how much they have to pay. And I think, you know, so conservatives are out there saying, wait, but this is horrible. Oh, you know, the, 
you know, the hypocrisy on both sides. But I think that those days are past now, unfortunately. And uh, it'll be a question of whether that can be recovered after people have made clear that there will be, uh, you know, that it's a uh, tit-for-tat kind of situation or that there's going to be pain given for for the pain. So we're heading for that period, I think. Even even the smaller aspect of this, okay, like the like in media, yeah. Well, could, can you put the genie back in the bottle when, uh, in terms of media, in terms of credibility? No, no. the media is you can't. Media, it's yeah. dead. You know, and I see. I look at my some former. I, some of my former editors are really good people. I mean, like John McCormick, Kristen McQuarrie, Bruce Dold. Okay, they're yeah. they're, they're solid Americans. But I, but other former editors and writers that I know are, are total Jacobins, literally. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. where where if you're a Republican, if you support like life, for example, you you are to be jailed, reviled, and attacked mercilessly. Yeah. And after you poke me long enough on these scores, I'm going to poke back because that that. Don't tread on me, flag the Gladson flag. Hmm. I really like that flag. I don't know if I if I've just yeah, a cool flag. Did I have I have I com- committed some racial sin? You know, is it a racist thing now? I don't know. It's a flag showing a rattlesnake. Some and people say what? That's what? I mean, that's the usual thing. Some people <laughs> right. say you know what they say. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. guys. Some people say no, it's racist, John. But... I mean, I don't know if it is or not, but. Nick's point is that that's all that you have to just drop those words and then it's like cover to say whatever the hell you want. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and I think experts media, say, right, yeah. exactly. But no. it's the media, it's the legal profession. I, I, you know, I would doubt that there are, well, you never know. There may be, you know, a, uh, an element in the uh, legal profession or legal in the law school right now where people are actually saying, you know, maybe this, uh, this constitutional uh, sort of, idea of uh, original intent might not be a bad thing because if we get rid of that then we have no standard whatsoever there might be that but i suspect most of the people uh throughout the whole sort of elite cadre in the united states are going more toward the direction of anything goes and uh you're seeing that with the with these court cases i mean it's absolutely ridiculous and especially now that there's going to be one the day before or the day after the day before super tuesday i think i think so i mean the the idea again gets back to that you you know you don't think you know they don't think you know but i uh, know that you do and i think it's like um it's really we're going to go through a, a tough time for a while i think everybody he, what, and, uh, what he said what oliver anthony said was yeah. that some of the people at the republican debate didn't realize that the song was about them yeah exactly yeah. and and immediately the jacobins pounced on this and said see you don't use this as an anthem, you foolish Republican. See, but yeah. but he was speaking. But I, I, I'm thinking, I'm in my my opinion that he's thinking about the neocons like uh, Nikki Haley and Asa Hutchinson and others like uh, Christie, Chris Christie, and others. Big state, big government, big war, endless war, masters of war. And yeah. uh, and that's what I think uh, he meant. 
Well, it's, you know, it's interesting, too, that it was the reaction. And so we, okay, we've now discussed what the sins of the Republicans are in this right. respect. Right. So let's look at the, let's look at the, the Democrats, the left. They pounced on him right away. Yeah. Why? As we say in Turkish, why, Ajaba? You know, why? You know? And <laughs> then you would look sort of conspiratorially at the other guy, like, why are you? Right. Right. Well, the- so, um, why did they do that? I mean, they clearly recognized internally whatever Anthony himself later said or didn't say. And I think they were threatened by it. They were threatened by it. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why is because, you know, it's clear that the people who are the biggest purveyors of disinformation are the people who are the promoters of this idea of disinformation. And that includes the media and includes, unfortunately, many others. And it's not just in the United States, but you're seeing it in a lot of different places. And again, if you attribute everything to that, you're going to, you'll, you'll feel better for yourself and you'll feel, well, at least, you know, we're stopping what the real problem is, but you're not addressing the real problem and the real problem will get worse and will bite you in the ass. And then you're going to be wondering when you're out on the street, how did this happen? It's, and you know, so the rise of president Trump was just one early indication, relatively early indication, but I think, you know, it's, we're seeding, you know, um, the next wave, the next ratcheting up of this. I, I would say one thing. I, I do, um, I have some sources in Gen Z, right? And so I, I will say that I see that there is a natural tendency on some Gen Zers to, um, laugh and scoff at the, you know, Sakalamadis or the jokes or the foolishness of what, uh, you know, they're being presented as, you know, the official line. And so the natural tendency of young people is to sort of say, oh, my God, this is stupid. It was one thing when the official line was the Rotary Club and the National Anthem and all those sorts of things. Now it's all this, uh, you know, the woke crap. And so I'm hoping that there is enough people who will ask questions such that, you know, the eventually the situation can can right itself. You know, they won't uh, they won't bow down, bow down on the false god. And um, but I think it's going to be the the young people who are doing it. I hope I hope they're there. I hope they're there. You know, I mean, this the generation has been so uh, destroyed in many ways by the COVID lockdowns and by the injection of this these uh, patently false ideological ideas uh, with respect to gender and all of these sorts of things, which are, I mean, frankly, um, on their face, kind of uh, absurd. And they're being, and you're, you're being forced to take these as, as legit. And I think, you know, that's what I mean. I think the establishment, uh, is in, in big, big trouble. And, uh, the indictments for Trump are going to be, if, if anything, the, the clear marker, the clear marker that, um, here's the one guy who's against it. I mean, I know this, I'm a big, I like DeSantis. I like what he's done and all that stuff in Florida. And, you know, maybe DeSantis will, will be honored by uh, lawsuits as well if he would ever win. But, but the, but the fact of the matter is, um, the one thing that distinguishes Trump from everybody else is the clearly the animosity and desire, uh, uh that he be destroyed on the part of the, the establishment. It's, it's self evident at this point, you know. It is good. The position is good for Trump. Uh, he's to me, the def- he's the, the guy who's going to either win the, nomination or lose the election one or the other yeah i don't i don't know i i i think uh he'll he'll win the elect he'll win the nomination clearly 
Um, the larger issue to me is the, um, if there is, I don't know if there's a larger issue than that, but another issue that uh, concerns me is yeah. the uh, belief domestically that somehow we are, uh, the America, America is beholden to Ukraine, that we have, the, the American taxpayers have to do whatever they can for Ukraine. Right. I don't understand that, especially given the fact mm-hmm. that the fact that uh, what I've been reading in the press, how do you like that, Nick? What I've been reading in the media <laughs> is uh, suggestive, suggests that uh, Ukraine is not going to win this thing and that yeah. every day uh, things get worse for them. Can I can I say something here on this? Yes, the, the, yeah, that's please. why you're here. This is yeah. fascinating because. You know, John, you remember when we, uh, Jeff, you remember when we talked mm-hmm. about this before the war started and we talked about Mr. Creosote and, you know, that one last wafer that could lead the whole edifice to blow up. Remember? I mean, I think yeah. it was uh, right. literally the day before, the day yeah. or so before uh, 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 Putin uh, invaded. And, um, you know, so there was this whole year and a half, almost two years of rah rying in every possible direction, uh, you know, Zelensky was Churchill. And did you know he was Churchill? And by the way, he was Churchillian. And look at those cigars. He smokes them and just like Churchill did, you know. And then you had all these think tanks out there talking about this and that and the other thing. And, and I know we've talked about this over the course of that period about how uh, phenomenally uh, obvious and, and foolish that was but and how harmful it was in the American body politic to kind of purvey that. And now you're seeing finally some reality starting to creep in. And so, again, I like in the spirit of my Turkish friends, I have to ask, you know, Ajaba, why? Why are they doing that? Why is this coming out now? Why? What is it that is it just because the, the editors have been have come across this new information that they didn't understand or really appreciate before? And so, you <laughs> right. know, oh, we've got to run the story. Because it, they're trying to get ahead of the story that they know is out there. Right. And they and they they're trying to shape it. They don't want to not be part of it. Right. So they're trying to figure out where the, the music is going to stop soon and they got to have a chair. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the only problem is the chair is like the chair is on the back deck of the Titanic, <laughs> this policy. And yes. so we're heading toward this really weird situation where, you know, in some of the media, you already hear people starting to blame Zelensky for, yeah. uh, you know, oh, uh, you know, they, they were what? They were casualty. um nope. Blame or something, or like, why are they doing this? And you know, I mean, it's just they, they'll so blame him. Obviously, they have right. to blame him because the whole Trump, I mean, the whole Hunter Biden, Joe Biden payoff thing is coming out, it's, and they're it's screaming exactly. They're yeah. screaming out that they're screaming that oh, there's no evidence. Like one of the former uh, commie editors that I used to that I mentioned, not the guys I mentioned, but another User, one, yeah. Is is screaming uh, something about? Oh, there, there's no proof. There's no proof, really. There's no proof. Yeah. Okay, then why are you freaking out, dude? You're <laughs> well, freaking I mean, out. They've they've um, they've just. It's really uh, sad, and yeah. uh, it's actually quite tragic because now we are. I mean, I have to say, I've never. This is like the worst execution of foreign policy it's the worst thinking Jeez, strategic right. thinking of foreign policy right. that i've ever seen in our country this potentially is strategically worse even than iraq because iraq most people's view is eh, it's over there 
You know, it's in the Middle East. It's not an area that really quote not matters. Involving the United us, right? Right, um, and that we know how bad of a disaster that was. This is in the heart of Europe. This is causing a lot of angst. I mean, people are like, you know, I talk to them all the time, and they say, you know, the idea basically, if I could summarize, is we're in NATO because the idea was to keep the Russians out. So now, under your great leadership, we're in this position where these guys are going to be taken over Odessa soon, and they're going to be close to our border, and then they're going to be the ability. This was not the way this was supposed to go, right? Yeah. We conf- we keep the Russians, we confront them, and we keep them, we are in NATO, and we build a solid wall, and we'll keep the Russian influence out of our territory. And yet now, uh, as a result of uh, our own contributions to this situation, we have now uh, created the, helped create a situation where the Russians are, are uh, coming closer and closer. You know, a couple of weeks ago it was, uh, there was a... Um, uh, an attack, uh, a drone attack in Russia uh, mm-hmm. by the Russians, rather, in Ukraine, uh, right across the uh, Danube from a small uh, Romanian village. And, you know, windows were shattered and all those kind of things in Romania. I mean, what a perfect um, perfect punctuation to the, uh, the utter uh, fecklessness of this kind of approach. And it could have been done completely differently. Could have been done in in a in a much more serious way. It would have required some realism, and it would have required some um, uh, wisdom, uh, and it would have required a sort of Hippocratic approach to the situation. But you know, we are in the still in the moment of peak hubris, and not willing to see what our own limits are. Now we're going to have them forced upon us, and we're going to be seeing that play out in a lot of ways. We're seeing that play out in Africa. We're seeing it play out. In, in many, oh many my parts god, of the in world. Africa, South America, yeah, Africa, South America. They're, they're murdering, uh, they're, mur- they're murdering the farmers now, just like some sort of terrifying fantasy from the 1950s, from the Mau Mau times. Now, they're it's happening again, you know. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think this, this time, this time, China and Russia are, are involving themselves because there's metals, there are, there's, there's, uh, there's minerals and everything minerals else. Minerals they want. Yeah, of course. But the issue, I mean, the, the world was always going to be a very, very dangerous place, regardless of who, what the Americans do, what I, or what the United States or the West or whatever it is that does. What I, getting back to the Nikki Haley thing, what I find most kind of irritating about that approach to foreign policy is it's kind of like, imagine a, and you, it's, it's Chicago, so you probably don't have to imagine it, but imagine <laughs> a fire captain who on the side is an arsonist and creates fires and then has to be able to go in and stop them. That yeah. seems to be the the rationale for the perpetuation of the sort of neoconservative, shall we say, or um, you know, neoliberal intervention. Matches Boyle. Approach. Yeah, exactly. Matches Boyle. Yes, matches Boyle. Yeah, Perfect right. guy. And so you have everyone talks about the neoconservatives, et cetera, but which is good. But there's also like this sort of strain of liberal strain, you know, exemplified by guys like uh, Samantha Power, guys, uh, guys like Kerry and Samantha Power, uh, all of that kind of response that we used to call responsibility to protect very, you know, this idea that somehow we're going to be uh, involving ourselves in these ways. And, it, and of course, that kind of policy justifies the continued the continuation of the apparatus and the actual continuation of the uh, identifiable people who are in charge in those places. And of course, credibility or rather examination of that, which could cause some doubt and uh, cause people to question the wisdom of those folks is never allowed. So there's never any credibility. There's never rather accountability. There's no, uh, nobody's paying 
uh, the price for their uh, failures. Nobody, uh, nothing happens to anybody. And so, you know, you take an idea like get out of Afghanistan. Great idea. Biden completely screwed it up. Talk about, you know, defending Europe uh, from uh, Russian encroachments. Great. But why was it that, you know, you as vice president were perhaps um, directly involved <laughs> in policies right. that seem to aggrandize uh, not only your position, but maybe others, and uh, pursued this uh, sort of foreign policy that has led to this uh, thing. So now we're in a situation, if I'm one more thing on this, but now we're in a situation where um, there has been some, what is the word I look for, an apocalypse, or the, the exposure, yeah. I guess. There's John, been an apocalypse. Car- John Kerry's face melting is what you yeah. said. So yeah. now we've seen this being called into question. People are starting to wonder about American policy, right? American leadership. It started in Afghanistan that the 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 uh, ineptitude of the Afghanistan pullout under Biden cannot be uh, underestimated or overestimated by um, as in terms of its impact and people's thinking about these things. Uh, you now have this uh, situation where many people months ago were saying the best we could hope was for was a, um, a, a protracted conf- uh, a stalemate or a uh, frozen conflict. That would be the best. We've decided to keep that going, and the Russians are probably going to be in a better position. I hope not, um, because as I was telling, uh, I was talking to Jeff about, you know, one of the big problems with Putin, of course, is his effort to weaponize the uh, Moscow Patriarchate yeah. of the Orthodox Church against all the other Orthodox patriarchates and yeah. uh, churches, and and uh, use that as a means to exert secular Russian uh, concrete uh, interests at the expense of the faith. And so one yeah. of the dr- great tragedies of this war is going to be, the, in my opinion, the potential damage to a very, you know, the Orthodox wing of, of Christianity and, and actually to others as well. It's a consequence. But we're, we're now in a position where people are starting to call our bluff. And so then you think about Taiwan. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, we had this creative ambiguity for a reason. Nobody wanted to like commit and say, we're going to fight a war. Sure. Uh, on Taiwan, but we wanted to keep people guessing because it helped complicate, you know, sort of the situation in ways that maybe were useful to us. Now we're in a position where that increasingly looks ludicrous. It was exposed on the debate stage, and so what this means is that our ability was it though? Was it though, or was uh, Nikki Haley lionized as a le- a great leader? Well, she was lionized by Fox News, which is clearly, yeah, right. you know, oh, in yeah. that camp. And the National Review. Oh, of course. And all the establishment media are looking at the establishment, uh, conservative and liberal media are looking yes. at this as this is the return of the Washington generals. Right. You know, the Washington generals, <laughs> the Washington generals want to take their position back where, where they never beat the globetrotters, but they get their cut at the end and they can go out to dinner and all that kind of stuff. Right. right. Sam so, and Harry's. Then, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. And so, right. but the idea is now we're exposed. And, and they've they've tipped our hand, and this is not a good situation for us to be in. And um, you know, the idea that we're going to uh, continue that we're going to double down by making more commitments in areas that are not our vital national interest will only further undermine our ability to actually have influence when it you know when it comes to vital national interests. You know, we might you can argue that NATO is a vital national interest. You know, the actual existing sure. NATO membership, and this is what we were talking about before, is is Ukraine. I would say Ukraine was never a vital national interest of the United States, even Obama said that to yeah, his right. to his credit. You know, he said sometimes he would say things and then he you would mean when, when he yeah. said uh uh Mr. Romney uh the nineteen eighties 
1980s want their foreign policy back? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of smarmy little, yeah, yeah smarmy what, little. Yeah, but he was the president uh, who gave Joe Biden control of Ukraine. Yeah. You know? He's so, the president who's responsible for this because he he knew what Joe Biden was doing. His State Department, in, of which you were a member, I'm sorry to say, were uh, were actively opposing what Joe Biden was doing. Was we, according to reports, why didn't they report uh, oppose it vigorously enough? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, basically, sorry, Nick. no, my I brother, would just say, but I still have to ask you. No, yeah. I would just say let's. Uh, I would just look at it this way: we have now come to the point in the. Uh, with the rise of President Trump, that uh, the establishment had now seen, I mean, eventually what, I mean, the, the reason why Trump was in power is because enough people um, were fed up with what the establishment was doing economically and everywhere else. And the Iraq war had a huge impact, huge impact on the yes. popular perception of Trump. And and as we were saying before, the guy has four um, uh, indictments against him and they are a badges of authenticity. None of the other Republican candidates, right. you know, have that. And that was, we were saying before that, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, if, De- if DeSantis somehow to win, maybe he would be so honored uh, to have an, an, indu- an indictment lab- uh, levied against him maybe. as well. <laughs> he could, but, you know, who knows? I think there's probably, you know, those guys might actually be more accommodationist. I don't know. It's one thing to be in Florida. It's another thing to be at the president. Now, Trump made a huge, huge series of mistakes. There's no question about it. But the fact of the matter is he has been identified as the guy who stands against the establishment and who they are clearly trying to destroy in a manner uh, reminiscent of the Yermiseki Shubat, I mean, the um, uh, the February 28th process that I wrote about uh, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Turkey. I mean, the parallel is just um, something else. And I... And I, um, I know where the next uh, steps are, and so uh, we'll see what happens as it goes down the road. But man, I tell you, it's just we have we have dug ourselves a very very serious hole, gentlemen. Back to ourselves in the ugly yeah. corner. Yeah, yeah. By the way, lessons of, from a Turkish coup is the uh, article that Nicholas Spiridon Cass is referring to. My brother Nick, and uh, he served with the government for thirty one years, retiring in twenty twenty one. Most recently, he was deputy, what was the title? Deputy Assistant Secretary of State. He spent his life serving the country. And you can find him on LinkedIn. And you can find me on LinkedIn, too, if you ever ever, ever figured out how to use it. <laughs> um, thanks for revealing all that stuff about uh, the monkey that's terrible. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. This is You're this welcome. is quite an episode. We have and to I, get I know, you right back. I know Jeff wants to use that photograph as uh, as the terrifying <laughs> image that to put it on uh, to, on our podcast. Sweet. For Jeff Carlin, executive producer at WGN, unfortunately a friend of cats and a, <laughs> and a fan of pies that he never makes for me and Shaw. Yeah, Pasha, because uh, I I shouldn't have pies. And my brother, Nick. Living in Romania now. Former U.S. government official, retired. 
in the intelligence community and the diplomatic uh, community. He, he's done it all. And uh, Nick, I hope someday, I know, I know your wife and kids won't like this, but they're lovely, but I, I hope that you uh, get back in the saddle again because the, um, I think country needs uh, clear thinking like yours. You're and, very kind. Uh, and, uh, and I hope you deal with that metaphoric bear on the edge <laughs> on the edge of uh, Romania because it's terrifying. I just don't want yeah. I don't want uh, Fox News to go in and uh, do a dra- dra- dramatization and ruin everything and create another. <laughs> so for me, John Cass, editor in chief of John Cass News, for Nick Cass, my brother. And for Jeff Carlin, my friend and brother, (laughs) thanks for joining us. And talk to you again next time on the next edition of the Chicago Way podcast on WGN+. Plus.